This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Ready for a more successful and fulfilled life? It is time for Real Answers, a transformational hour with Dr. Kate Siner, live broadcasting to the 50 states and internationally. Dare to go deep. Change yourself, change the world. This is Dr. Kate Siner, and this is Real Answers. And this week, we're going to be talking about leadership. And actually, what I'm going to be talking about is um, how we can lead just through being more um, living more from a place of love. And after the break, I'm going to have Dr. Richard Norris um joining me and we're going to be talking more about uh, leadership as an act of service, which I think is just such a wonderful topic. So um, moving into uh, leadership for the love of it. So what does it actually mean? What would it mean if we were to think of leadership in terms of not a power over or, you know, even um, like the management of like leadership, but we were to instead think of it as when we are able to maintain the inner space and in outer space as well of real connection to our love, how might that in and of itself transform the world that we're in. So is it possible, and I believe that it is, that through our presence and through the connection to uh, this deep love, which I believe is at the heart of who we are, uh, that we can effect really positive change just in, just in our being, right? And um, so this type of leadership has the potential of creating really powerful outcomes, right? Um, it, it is when we you know, interact with people, when we're, you know, so-called leading, um, when we are um, going out and doing our work in the world, if we're bringing forward this place of love, um, we can create really profound changes. Okay. And so how do we do this? What is it that you can do on a regular basis to be able to come from this place more often? And what I talk about a lot is how we work on our own awareness and our own development in order to be able to do the things that we want in the world, to have the kind of effect that we want to have in the world. And this uh, time around, I'm, I'm going to be talking a little bit about what are the things that we can do or the perspectives that we can take that help us hold this loving perspective on leadership. You know, what if it was just as important, you know, that we are, are creating a good experience for ourselves and a good experience for others? And then if 
you know, because that is so important, how is it that we bring ourselves to the task? How is it that we can show up to have that positive impact? And I love teaching simple things because when it, there are a lot of things that we've heard before and that we said, oh yeah, you know, I've, I've heard that, I've read that, but I really believe that it's the time that we hear it, that it makes sense and we're able to implement it that makes such a huge difference. Because, you know, what I'm going to be talking about next, which is just our breath, breathing, remembering to breathe, is something that when you start to work with it and understand how much it can shift so many different situations, you understand why you hear it over and over and over again. But it's like that time of getting it. That time of understanding that, you know, you can truly make a profound difference in your life, in the life of others, just by making simple shifts in the way that you are um, in the world. And the breath returns us to ourself and it calms our nervous system. And we can use it very intentionally. We can use it intentionally to bring in what we want. And exhale what we don't want, right? And let's take about a look at that a little bit closer. So when when we don't breathe, we get tense. And when we get tense, um, we are going to feel more anxiety and fear, right? And so with that tightening up, right, um, the other thing that happens is it disconnects us. It actually disconnects us from our, our feelings, our deeper knowing about ourself. And when we're disconnected from that, we're also really challenged in creating a connection with other people. So by just by remembering to return to our breathing, we're going to connect to our emotions. We are going to relax our system. And we actually bring out just like smiling induces a smile in another person. It actually uh, creates a reminder for a person to relax themselves, right? So it brings everybody into a more positive space. So when I'm working with clients sometimes and they start getting really worked up and start feeling really, you know, they can see that they're getting tense or, you know, agitated in some ways. Sometimes all I'll do is just remember to take a nice breath so that I don't jump on board with what they're feeling. And then also uh, quite often that prompts them to do the same, which shifts what's going on in the moment. Okay. So another thing that we can do is we can really practice. I think that we live in a world where we're deprived of vital nutrients. And I think one of those vital nutrients is love. Um, and I think that another vital nutrient is care and compassion. And so when what we can practice is we can learn how to actually take in more of the vital nutrients that we need. So we actually, we, we learn how to be able to digest them. It's like you eat really bad food 
and then you crave really bad food. And when you start eating good food, you start craving good food. Um, in that same way that we can, we can teach our body to be more selective and to take in more of what's good for it, we can also uh, teach our whole self that. So by inhaling, right, by inhaling and imagining that we're actually inhaling love or that we're exhaling love, right, so then we are able to start to develop our ability to hold this way of being more completely, Right. So in this, you can imagine the fullness of your heart. You can imagine of the fullness of around you. You can imagine that it's kind of streaming in and out of your body. And if you're skeptical, this might be a little bit challenging for you to, to step into. It might seem that it's a little, um, too simple and easy, but it really has a wonderful, profound effect. And when people can't do this, which is quite frequently because, like I said, we're so um, deprived in this way, then what I ask them to do is to imagine someone, something that they really, really love and to take that feeling and as I like to say, rub it all over themselves. So pretty much take that feeling and bring it as completely into their, their system as possible. And and feel it, really feel what it's like not to give that, but to be that, to have that. Okay, and now let me make the crossover between here and leadership. So how would it change the the situations that you're in? Where you are leading others, whether it's your family, whether it's your business, uh, whether it's people at work, uh, some sort of group that you're a part of, what would really change if you showed up that way? Because how often do we show up thinking about things with an agenda, with a clear sense of what it is that we want to get done And how often do we show up also thinking about how we want to be, what we want the experience to be like, how we want to be connected to others, and what we want the overall feeling to be? How often are we conscious of the impact that we want to have in a moment where um, we are taking leadership? Uh, and that impact being, could I provide others and myself with uh, some of these vital nutrients, as I've been saying, that are so important to our overall well-being? How would that change the, the meeting or the, the dinner or whatever it is that you're doing? And this isn't something that has to be done so overtly. It's not like you walk into a board meeting and you need to say that that is what you're doing. That is probably not going to work in many environments. But that doesn't mean that you can't do it. And it also doesn't mean that it won't have an impact if you do it. So how we care for and cultivate uh, that 
place of love inside of ourselves then can have a really profound influence on the people that we're relating to and with. So that's using um, love to uh, change the way that we look at leadership. Um, and what I was saying was a lot of times people think of leadership as a very it's a organizational experience. It's a cerebral experience. And then sometimes it can become an experience of, of management or power or something like that. So this is something to experiment with. How does this change the circumstance? And what, that's what I encourage people to do. You know, not necessarily take what I'm saying and say, oh, yeah, okay, that, you know, that's the truth. But just to try it a few times and see what the experience is like for you. Do an experiment. Do you notice any differences in the way that you feel and the way that people interact with you? And if you do, you know, what happens if you repeat the process? Do you notice similar changes? That way you can have the proof for yourself about how much this actually alters your experience. I believe as we bring this out into the world, 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 world we, we create, um, you know, waves of, of kindness. We, we can have a really huge impact on the people around us. And so what if that also becomes a priority in the way that we're leading? To, to remember our humanity, to remember our willingness uh, to be kind and good to people. It's another thing that happens and, you know, it's, it's interesting because like I, if you know anything about the DISC profile, which is a, um, kind of like a, a behavioral, it's a personality behavioral test that's used a lot of times in organizations and when it comes to doing things. So the way that I, I test out in that is I'm, I have a, a, my highest score is something which is like a D score, um, uh, is my highest score, which is dominant. And one of the character traits of someone like this is when they get down to doing a task, they can focus so much on the task that they lose sight of the interpersonal piece of getting a task done. And, you know, people who have this characteristic really high up in their, in their um, behavior are, are very likely to wind up in places of leadership because they have a more dominant style. And so that being said, it's like I firsthand have experienced what it's like to get so preoccupied with a task that I forget about all the other pieces. Now, fortunately, I have some other parts of my, my behavior and characteristics that balance that out. Um, but we can, when we move into a place of leadership or investment in something, we want to see something happen. You know, we want to, we want to get a result. You know, we're, we're invested in a project. Um, you know, we want our family to be happy, whatever. At those points in time, it can, for some people, be easy 
to start to think about how to get it done versus, once again, the process of it. And are we coming to the table with as trying to show our kindness, trying to show our goodwill, our thoughtfulness? And then if we were to remember that, just pause for a moment in that place of leadership and say, gosh, what, what do I, you know, how can I contribute here? How can I offer more? How can I extend us a goodwill to this person that I'm with? Then that becomes a totally different way of being in relationship. That's a way of being in service to the people that we're working with. The way that we are leading can become in and of itself an act of kindness, something that brings goodness to the world. So one of the ways to start to play with this a little bit is just to think, just to challenge yourself to think about things that you can do. Do something nice for someone that you work with. Remember to say something kind to someone you're in a relationship with. Right? So just by bringing our attention there and thinking, huh, okay, what could I do that would just be something kind that would generate this goodwill and would, you know, help, help to create um, a more positive, positive environment here. So Ways of using leadership, authority, power that are um, you know, kind, benevolent, and loving um, in order to make a profound difference regardless of what the task is. It's kind of the central thing um, that I'm talking about this morning. So we're going to take a quick uh, commercial break, and I am going to be back with Uh, Dr. Richard Norris, and I'll introduce him to you. And we're going to be talking more about leadership and how you can be a leader and um, how you can be of service. So just we'll be back in just a couple minutes. want to be happier, more fulfilled, more successful. But the question is how? Dr. Kate Siner provides programs and mentoring that give you the real-life tools to get the results you wish to see. Her personally tailored services combine almost two decades of work with the grit and compassion that can only come from a life fully and passionately lived. 
Get the support you need to continue on your path of positive change. To learn more, visit www.kateseiner.com. Author and educator, Dr. Kate Siner wants to help you connect with your purpose and passion. With 18 years in the field of personal development, a Ph.D. in psychology, and plenty of real-life experience from the School of Hard Knocks, Dr. Kate will inspire you not just to change your life, but the world for the better. Her mentoring and programs provide effective tools and tailored support that meets you where you are and grows as you do. For more information, visit www.katesigner.com. Are you craving positive change in an area of your life? Dreaming of work that is meaningful or relationships that are authentic and connected? Internationally recognized author and facilitator, Dr. Kate Siner, is a compassionate and fearless advocate for positive change. Through personally tailored programs and masterful mentoring, Dr. Kate's genius lies in helping you get connected to your true self so you can make a difference in the world starting with you. Visit www.katesiner.com. This is Dr. Kate Siner, and I've been talking about uh, leadership and love as a vital component of leadership. And I'm back now with Dr. Richard Norris, and he is the founder of Leading Men Only. And um, Leading Men Only has a mission to empower and equip men to lead and, um, at work and rest and play. And I just want to say, uh, I've had so many conversations recently about how important it is right now um, that there are really quality skills and uh, trainings out there for for men. And I think that helping them adjust to some of the social and cultural changes that we've had have been is really, really important. So I'm very excited to talk about this topic. And um, so he is a uh, speaker, trainer, and consultant, um, and he likes to kind of distill everything down to practical messages and strategies um, and engaging stories to kind of encourage and educate um, the people that he works with. So on his own journey, he has been a husband, a father, a competitive swimmer, a veterinarian, an army officer, got an MBA, been unemployed, award-winning business, and executive coach, and is a man after my own heart. And he uh, repeatedly is requested to be a speaker, probably because of his very rich experience. So um, Richard's book, uh, Hoof It, Seven Lessons on Your Journey of Success, um, is a repeat finalist in Book Award which you can also, I imagine, check out on Amazon.com. And uh, he has uh, co-edited and contributed to books, magazines, blogs on leadership, parenting, and personal development. He lives by the adage that a healthy body is a healthy mind, and he is focused on delivering results through people. Um, And (laughs) just so you know, he is a Canadian who is residing in Scotland right now. So um, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Dr. Kate. I always like to get started, and um, I've already mentioned that you have a very rich background. Um, I like to get started with saying what brought you to the work that you're doing now? 
uh, a very circuitous route that I never thought I would ever have traveled because my whole life <laughs> was consumed, consumed with being a veterinarian when I was a kid. But it's just through circumstance and through a lot of prayer and guidance and it's just ended up this is where I've been and this is where everything starts to fall into place. All right. All right. So so you wouldn't say you didn't know where you were going as you were getting there. You just kept uh, turning the corner and eventually you, you wound up here. Um, well, I'm still on that corner. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I think we all are. Um, so from your perspective, what mm-hmm. is the best form of leadership? Uh, sim- simply put, it's just about what you probably heard the term use servant leadership because, you know, mm-hmm. it, it really does come down to that because when you're trying, when you're in it for yourself, um, you find out you, you might climb the ladder, but you lose uh, contact with people. Whereas a servant, you're always there. You're in the mix of people. You really got a pulse on what's going on and you're better able to meet needs. So talk a little bit about that for maybe some people who are not familiar with servant le- leadership. Well, it's, it's simply it's uh, well as simple as I can put it is really just about looking beyond yourself to what's what uh, the other person that you're supposed to quote unquote be leading needs and helping them. You've probably heard it termed. Uh, some people talk about the corporate um, structure and the corporate pyramid where the, the leaders at the top, but the best leaders that you'll see in Fortune 500s or over here, the FTSE 250 or whatever, are the leaders who actually invert the pyramid. They're at the bottom. Everyone else is on top because they're the ones that are delivering the results. And they just their chronic question is, how can I help you do your job better? And that's really about how can I help? How can I resource you? How can I serve you to, to do what you do in the best way you possibly can? Yeah. Yeah. So important. Makes such a big difference. It's like a, a leader that's in it for themselves and is really yeah. just looking for the other people to make them look good, which we do see yeah. in a lot of corporations as well. And yep. then, or someone who really knows uh, that their role is to help support and grow the people around them. And that, that ultimately is what makes them a good leader. Yeah. And I, I would agree with that because there's uh, I kind of distill things down to, uh, there are two types of leaders. There's the ones who want it, want followers, so they're in it for the power and the glory and for themselves. And then there are the other ones who are in it uh, for uh, not so much for the followers, but they want to create new leaders. So they're in it to help others surpass them. Right, 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 right. Absolutely. So what do you think it is that differentiates good leaders from great leaders? Uh, good leaders tend to – well, it's, good leaders tend to focus on skill side, um, you know, and it's more about skill set. Whereas great leaders focus more on about what I describe as will set. Um, essentially, a, a great leader first learns and understands the need to lead themselves well first before they can help and serve others to do the same. There are other good leaders who can manage people and help them perhaps get so far, but great leaders uh, lead by an example that can only be described as they've they've gone through the experience themselves, so they're they can walk the talk absolutely, and they take it. You know, if you've probably heard the adage "love your neighbor as yourself," they really understand. And I know you were talking about that on the previous segment. You have mm-hmm. if you can if you cannot love yourself, then how do you expect that you'll be able to lead somebody else? Um, right. And that's really what it, it can um, distill down to. Because really. It, 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 the necessity is it, to be great. You've got to be humble. What is, what is that quote? It's something like uh, self-awareness is the cornerstone of effective leadership. No, uh, I'm not going to, do you know who says that? 
I can't remember who said that one. Yeah. I have yeah. it. But I mean, it is, it's such an essential thing. The more aware that we are, the more choice that we have, the way we're able to interact with people differently. We're able mm-hmm. to hold ourselves accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, we're able to, as you were just saying, be, uh, humble. Yep. You know, being able to show up, not needing to have those other people to kind of gratify our ego. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, really, really important that we're able to do that personal um, work. And what is it? I mean, because you often work with men mm-hmm. and them stepping into their leadership, what is it that you see as a particular challenge that you think might maybe men are facing more than women when it comes to um, being a great leader? Oh, gosh. We got so much time. <laughs> um, there's probably, well, just there's probably, one, just a small example. Yeah, I think one, one quite honestly, is, and you may mention it earlier, is is they men as, as an op, operating system is to walk through the world and effectively uh, portray an image that there's nothing wrong with them, but there is. We all, men particularly, are really good at wearing masks because we don't want to look like we're weak. We've got a chink in our arm or anything else like that. And that that is still a pervasive thought. And then there's the whole, there's an identity crisis that I've I've been sort of aware of within the whole men field because of the, you know, as you've made descriptions about Dr. Kate with the changing culture and the cultural changes with diversity and everything else and the the equaling of the balances and things like that. And, and I think there's an uncertainty amongst the, some men uh, that they feel their foundations being undermined. Right, right. The things that were working are not working as well as anymore. Yep. And that, that kind of, you know, if you want to be anybody who wants to be in control when our environment mm-hmm. shifts, mm-hmm. It, it's very unsettling. You know, man, woman, it doesn't matter, but yes. Yeah. And the only person you, the only thing that you can change is really your responses. You can't, there's too much going on around you. you, As soon as you try and control everything, uh, you're not in control and life will get very um, frustrating. Right. Absolutely. I was just writing about that today. I was writing about how, you know, there's going to be so much shifting and changing and ups and downs and everything like that. And the one thing that we have is being able to return to that state of, um, you know, calm centeredness, what have you inside of ourselves. Yeah, no, that's true. You're right. So why is, uh, you know, why do you think it is that like being like a servant leader or serving Mm -hmm. others is so important like right now? Well, you don't have to turn on the news much to see just around the world just how much, uh, contrary to the core message that you're passing on, Dr. K, is how much hate and uh, everything else that's negative in the world is going on. And, you know, I'm reminded of one of my favorite quotes is by Einstein. He said, only a life lived serving others is a life worthwhile. Uh, And my my personal conviction in this day and age, I think it would be, it it is the solution to what's going on in the world. The the likelihood it will ever happen in our lifetime is probably nil. Uh, But... Each of us is, each of us has a, a unique set of gifts, talents, and abilities for which we have a purpose. Every one of us has a life purpose, and those who do discover it realize that the truth is you can only fulfill your purpose when you apply it. And and to do that, you have to serve others to fulfill theirs, and that means that all of our purposes are interdependent. If we focus on the fact that our purposes are really about serving others. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So uh, the serving others, I mean, I think of it, you know, it's like being a, a light in darkness or, you know, it's really the willingness to go out and despite the circumstances, despite what it is that's coming towards you, mm-hmm. because, you know, they're not always throwing flowers and, no. and uh, you know, so it, despite what's coming towards you to be able to still go there with that dedication yeah. to making a positive difference. And, um, you know, and that requires that we, you know, we check ourselves so often because there's just, there's a part, I think, of all of us that uh, doesn't, you know, has that sense of like, I shouldn't be, you know, I shouldn't be treated like that, or this shouldn't happen to me or something like this, that moves us out of a place of being willing to say, yeah, you know what, I'm not an exception to the rule. This is part of what's in the world. And, you know, it's part of what I'm going to experience too, regardless, you know, of what I'm bringing to the table. No, you're right. And we can choose, you know, I, I learned a lesson a while back, which I'm constantly reminded of because I don't always remember it. Right. Is most of us go through life and, and as you shared, you know, we feel like put out it like the world's against us and everything else. But our first response is from our ego and that's to react. But what we right. want to do, but what we need to do is learn to respond from our spirit. Totally different thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it is that it's in it. That's why I emphasize awareness so much, because once we can start to differentiate between what is that ego reaction to situations yeah. mm-hmm. and what is that deeper experience, mm-hmm. what that deeper place of truth that we know that we can act from, then our potential, our own empower, we have our own sense of empowerment and then our impact on others becomes mm-hmm. so much greater. True. So what, what do you think, um, if you, if you just kind of had like a nugget to Mm -hmm. give to the people listening as far as Mm -hmm. how they might be able to access, um, you know, kind of a a richer and more fulfilling life, uh, what, what would that be? I had this BFO a little while ago, uh, a blinding flash of the obvious and the message kept kept coming back at me on a, on a loop. So I'm thinking, okay, this one's a biggie. And the simple fact was, it's not about you. Right. Your entire, your entire life is about serving. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about we, or it's about you, but it's not about yourself. I love the paradox of that. Okay. Because what I think is that the more that we do that, the more that we live kind of the truth of who we are, Right. The more that we are fully expressed and in the world Mm -hmm. Um, and the is the and the more that we just offer that, Mm -hmm. that is two things. One, in some ways, who we are becomes completely meaningless as Mm -hmm. much as it is meaningful and that by truly being our full selves, we can be most in service of others in the world. Correct. Right? So everybody wins. Well, that's the whole thing. And it moves from a position of, you know, I know over in the States, you've got the Declaration of Independence, which would help the country establish itself. But where it needs to shift and the world needs to shift is to a Declaration of Interdependence. And that comes through serving others. That comes through serving uh, through your purpose. 
right recognizing that you can't just you can't just be out for yourself or you no. can't take an action and think that it's not going to have an effect on others which is a lot of the problems that we see in the world right is like having that sort of myopic view of things well yeah. it's okay right now you know so and uh you know or i didn't get caught or something like that yeah. where you know that becomes then, you know, a pileup of garbage. I mean, we literally yep. have a pileup of garbage. Um, yep. But I think we also have that emotionally in, in ways too. Yeah. And the world in itself, there's two core drivers. At least I, I see it as there's, there's the love driver and then there's the fear, fear driver. And hate comes out of fear and, and love is the one that, that counters that. And, you know, it's, they're always in contest. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I had someone say to me the other day that, um, that the, the way that the two worlds function, you know, that, that love and that fear are almost, they're almost, I mean, while they interact with each other all the time, they're almost two different worlds. Like the, the, the perception of someone who's coming from a loving perception versus a fear is, uh, they're just, completely different and i even notice that inside of individuals when someone is um you know making a shift like when we go to that place of like fear defense shutdown it's like our operating system is totally different there we we yeah. will like think things see, that seem reasonable and well thought out and logical mm -hmm. don't make any sense from the other perspective no true yeah. So, um, okay. So if, um, people want to get, uh, a head start here mm -hmm. on making a difference in their mm -hmm. life, um, you know, through being of service, how mm -hmm. might they do that? Uh, but usually one of the things I just land in people's laps is this. Okay. So see a need, fill a need. You know, it's the more you help, yeah. because the, the more, the more you help others, the more interestingly you help yourself. And you might not realize that, but, you know, the number of people I've come across who, you know, life is, you know, lousy. And I say, okay, so the challenge for you now is just go out there and, and find somebody. You don't even have to know them. See a need, fill a need. And as soon as you do, you not only help them, that person, but they always come back and say, oh, that helped me out. I feel a lot better. I'm going, duh. Right. So, cause you're right. not, again, it's not about you. You're serving right. somebody else in their need. That person is grateful. Gratitude has a big influence on, uh, what people do. It's a great motivator um, and, and inspires people. So, you know, and and it feeds off love. So it works from there. But, you know, really just go find somebody today, serve them well, no strings attached, just serve, serve them for the fun and joy of it. Yeah, is in in my leadership program, I was teaching that like a lot of times what happens when you see something, when someone sees a problem, uh, that they can go into saying, well, there's a problem or complaining about, oh, people are like this, people are like that, right? And so, you know, what I would teach is that when you see a problem mm -hmm. as a leader, mm -hmm. that becomes a place where you can do something. Mm -hmm. So instead of kind of taking a back seat and saying, oh, this really needs to be addressed, mm -hmm. you you move into action. And mm -hmm. that is that action is your leadership. And that's just as simple as going out into the world, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And seeing something and just deciding to do it, whether it's be kind to another person, pick up a mm -hmm. piece of trash, mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah, and and, so, and the other thing which most people miss because leadership has the association with corporate is 
realizing that you're you're a leader at home, but the first person you lead is yourself. If you cannot lead yourself, life is going to be tough. Right. Very, very important. Okay. So I'm sure people want to find out a little bit more about you and what is the best way for them to be able to do that? Uh, probably hit my Facebook page. If you go to Richard Norris Biz, uh, that's my leading men only website page. It's pretty, it's got always loads of stuff on it. So that's usually right. where I spend most of my time. So. Okay, so Richard Norris Biz um, yeah. is a place to go and make connection with you. And you also have a blog, Leading Men Only, uh, mm-hmm. that you can check out for lots of great information. So yeah. I want to thank you so much for being on the show today um, and offering your wisdom. Absolutely, my pleasure. All right. So um, we are going to be back after another quick commercial break and uh, talking more about leadership for the love of it. We all want to be happier, more fulfilled, more successful. But the question is how? Dr. Kate Siner provides programs and mentoring that give you the real-life tools to get the results you wish to see. Her personally tailored services combine almost two decades of work with the grit and compassion that can only come from a life fully and passionately lived. Get the support you need to continue on your path of positive change. To learn more, visit www.katesigner.com. Are you craving positive change in an area of your life? Dreaming of work that is meaningful or relationships that are authentic and connected? Internationally recognized author and facilitator, Dr. Kate Siner is a compassionate and fearless advocate for positive change. Through personally tailored programs and masterful mentoring, Dr. Kate's genius lies in helping you get connected to your true self so you can make a difference in the world starting with you. Visit www.katesigner.com. This is Dr. Kate Siner, and I've been talking about leadership for the love of it. And before the break, I was talking with Dr. Richard Norris about service, leadership as service, and um, how we can transform our lives, our our projects, and um, our leadership by looking at it as um, service rather than power over. I think this is super important. One of the things that we touched on before the break that I'd like to talk about a little bit more in this um, last segment of the show is about remembering to see the love in things. So when it's looking really bad, right, then choosing to see the love, it right as we left off, it was talking about love and fear, 
and how, you know, recently someone said to me that, you know, they're almost like two different worlds and the way that one operates is very different from the way the other operates. And it's so the principles of one don't work so, so well in the principles of the other sometimes. So what happens is when we get caught up in our defenses, our ego, uh, that kind of thing, uh, then we can get stuck in some kind of dark places, whether they're, you know, competitive places or they are, you know, those real dominating places. But they're, th- what they are is, is oper- times when we look out, our viewpoint is not optimal. And kind of similarly to what I was saying before the break, we have an opportunity there as we become more and more aware to shift from that perspective to a place of love, right? So to shift from one view to the other. And I believe that this skill is is something that more and more people are gaining access to. And more and more people are able to implement. So this is also true. This is true inside of us and this is true outside of us. So a lot of very wonderful people um, who are highly empathetic and who really care about the world get bogged down by the suffering that they see around them. They tune into it. They start to see how hard it can be sometimes or some of the bad things that are happening. And that can uh, overwhelm them and can leave them feeling like, I can't do anything about this. I can't really put a dent in, in this, you know. And, uh, and that, that, I get, I just want to say, it, it's such a, um, important topic as far as I'm concerned. I, I feel very, very strongly about it because I believe that if we can harness the people, the love, the care of the people who really, you know, give a damn, then we can do so much. We could see so much in the world. But, what often happens is those people who would like to be able to offer themselves get overwhelmed. And so we can practice then, even in the worst of times, even in the worst of places, seeing the good things. Like, what's the difference when you're in a fight with someone and you're, you're at odds with them and you remember that you love that person, right? Well, how does that change that uncomfortable, painful situation that you might be inside of, right? What is it like when you see someone and you remember not only, you know, all of the, you know, the, the negative things that are going on, like you see a, a horribly cruel act in the world. And instead of just seeing that, you also see, you know, maybe with compassion, what might have gotten that person or people there. Right? What if you can see that sometimes when someone makes a, you know, a desperate attempt to do something 
that that right there is like regardless of what it is 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 affirming in some way is life enhancing in some way now that doesn't mean that everybody gets a a write off and that no matter what you do it doesn't really matter because well we can always find the love in it i'm not going to take it there what what i'm saying is that when we start to develop our ability to see this love even in the darkest places it expands us it shows us potential right so it's moving towards understanding moving towards um seeing from another person's eyes or seeing the best in another person all of that that helps create entirely different situations and for people who are feeling really kind of like held down by some of the negativity in the world there's a couple different things. One, that's where the self-awareness and personal development is very helpful. As we work on ourselves, it becomes easier to, to handle certain things. But the other part is just to remember to look at really small but beautiful or inspiring things. And they're everywhere. And, you know, I don't know um, if you've watched that movie, American Beauty, that came out a while ago. But, you know, part of it is that there's this plastic bag that's floating through the air. And there's a way that this plastic bag was captured in this movie where it was something that had you pause and there was something that was beautiful about it, beautiful about the way that it moved. And that is a really great example of um, how you can find something beautiful. You can find something to love. You can find something to inspire you, even in a plastic bag, which is in essence trash <laughs> floating around. But there's also something that in the way that we look at it that makes such such a profound difference, right? So the way that we choose to look at things is part of how we inspire ourselves, lead ourselves, and also lead others. So leadership kind of in, you know, wrapping this up for the day, we have an opportunity to change so much in ourselves, in others, by being willing to come more from a place of love and kindness and really seeing that not as something that, you know, we do for family and friends or whatever, but see it as a way of being, as a revolutionary act of leadership, of willingness, despite circumstances, to strive for, 
to stretch for being our best self, offering our best self. And it doesn't matter whether we succeed all the time or not. The effort is transformational. The effort towards others is often more than they've ever experienced in their life. And I want to part with a story. Um, and uh, the story that I was told was really about how, um, you know, how a group of people was a group of people being inconvenienced. Um, basically, what happened is that they were traveling somewhere and in their travels they were they were kind of displaced you know so they had gone from you know being able to you know like have their rights and in and have their seats and all of that kind of stuff to being displaced and not being able to have their their comfort or their space it was sort of taken away from them but it was taken away from them with this statement we're asking you right now to do things a little bit differently because there are people that are so in need and that have so little and that are hurting so much that, you know, we really can't bear to do one more thing. And you know what happened? Because we hear so many examples of people who are angry and spiteful and say, no, you know, I want mine too. And what happened was when all these people were faced with this challenge, what they did is they stepped up and they gave even more. They found ways of being even more kind. And that is an example of leading with love, leading with humanity making a difference just because of the willingness to stay, hey, we're not going to let the status quo go on anymore. We're going to do something different and better. And do you want to join us here? So I challenge you in this week to see how many ways you can bring more love into the places of leadership in your life. And um, before I go today, I've got just a, a minute left. Um, my book with Jack Canfield is coming out um, on Amazon today. It's available as we speak. And there are a bunch of free offers that you can get if you purchase that book. So the book is called Soul of Success and it comes with lots of great stuff. So I highly recommend you're going to Amazon and checking out Soul of Success. And that's it for this week. Uh, it's been really great having you and I look forward to speaking with you again next week on Real Answers. You've been listening to Real Answers with your host, Dr. Kate Siner. Her purpose is to inspire you to create positive change inside and out. 
Visit Dr. Kate on her website at www.katesigner.com with Dr. Kate and see how she can help. 